Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 so the north russia will come down the east china will come in advance it's going to send antichrist into a fury he's going to be enraged he's going to fortify his forces they're around the temple they're around uh jerusalem they're between the seas mediterranean sea and the dead sea and this is where the battle will wage the battle of all time right there in that spot. Now, the rage of Antichrist is going to follow through, is going to lead to your second point, second main point, which is going to be the ruin of Antichrist. Look at what it says here. Very end of verse 45. Yet he shall come to his end. He shall come to his end with none to help him. All of the effort, in all of the fury, in all of the conniving, in all of the wickedness. That's how the Bible says it ends right there in this verse in, in Daniel. And it shall come to an end. Why? Because God will show up. Because God is going to do something. Because God will make sure that he puts this rebellion to an end. That is it, right? Now, he'll set up that, that, that spot. That will be his fortified place you can read this for sake of time. I want you to write these verses down. Go and read Revelation chapter 16, verses 12 through 16 to see how God parts the, the rivers so that China can come through. I want you to read Joel chapter three, how God is going to tread the winepress of his wrath. He'll gather all of the nations together in this valley of decision, and then his wrath will come. All these nations will gather to fight here in this valley of Megiddo, Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon, we know it as. Look at this picture here. Here's a picture of this valley of Megiddo. This huge, vast valley. Millions upon millions of people will gather here to fight in this final battle, trying to overthrow Antichrist. But something will happen in the midst of this battle. And what will happen, you can read in Zechariah chapter 14, that Jesus will come down and his feet will touch the Mount of Olives and it will split. And the scripture says in 2 Thessalonians that by the breath of his mouth, he will breathe and Antichrist will fall. And the scripture says, you can read this, write this down, Revelation chapter 19, how Jesus will come with 10,000s of his saints back white chargers, horses, coming in for this final battle, and that out of his mouth will go a sharp two-edged sword with which he will strike down the nations. He'll have a robe dipped in blood, a name written on his side, King of kings, Lord of lords. And he will go and he will fight the wicked and they will be struck down just like that. It will all come to an end. He will speak the word and they will fall flat. That's the God that I serve. See, all of this rage and all of this 
uh, hubris and all of this pride and all of this arrogance, it leads to one place for Antichrist. It leads to his destruction. It leads to his ruin. Everything falls apart, right? So now here we're going to have to, just for the sake of time, we're going to have to skip quite a few things. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. Maybe one day I will record it and post it for you. But let's read through some of these things because we really got to get here to the meat of the end. So look at this, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael the great prince, Michael the archangel. You can read about this battle that will take place. Halfway through the tribulation, Michael uh, will, will be engaged in a battle with Satan in the heavens, and Satan will be cast down from heaven once and for all, no longer allowed access into heaven to accuse us, and he'll be so enraged, he will at that point literally possess Antichrist. The spirit of Satan will possess Antichrist halfway through this seven-year period. And this is when all of these things begin to happen. So look at what happens here. At that time, Michael shall arise, the great prince, who has charge over your people, that would be Israel, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never been seen since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Your people will be rescued, Daniel. Don't worry, Daniel. Your people will be preserved. Look at this. Everyone whose name shall be written in the book throughout the Bible, there's a reference to this book, which is a role of citizenship, right? It's a role of citizenship. In ancient days, they had a book, a role that would keep track of people who were citizens of that town or not. If your name was written in the book, you got to enjoy all of the rights and privileges of citizens uh, that would belong to that township. Now, the, the scripture alludes to this. Uh, Moses talks about this. The psalmists write about this. Jesus wrote about this. It's written about uh, in the book of Revelation that there's a book it's called the book of life. And all of our names begin in this book of life. Why do I believe that? Because the scripture says at certain times that our names can be blotted out of the book of life. And I don't believe that you can lose your salvation. We don't believe that you can lose your salvation. I think God in his grace, he, we begin our lives and every single one of our lives are written in that book until the moment we breathe our last and we reject Christ with our last breath, then our name is blotted out. Every single one of you have an opportunity to come to Christ. The scripture says God is not willing that any one of you should perish, but that every single one of you should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone's name blotted out from the book. He wants all of your names there. So there's this book, your people will be delivered. Look at this verse two. And many of those who sleep in the dust, speaking of death of the earth, shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. There will be a resurrection. Not only will your people be rescued, there will also be a resurrection, right? You're, there will be a resurrection that will take place. You have to understand this this morning. Every single one of us has a choice. This is how Moses put it in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, you have a choice between life and death, between blessing and curse. Jesus said, you have a choice which path you're on. You're on the, the narrow path which leads to righteousness or you're on the wide path which leads to contempt, to everlasting destruction. You have a choice which path you're on. The scripture writes about two resurrections in Revelation chapter 20. Go read Revelation chapter 20. There are those who will be saved in the, the period of the tribulation. They will be resurrected to life. They will be taken into the presence of the Lord. But those who reject Jesus to the bitter end, they will be resurrected, but they will be resurrected to judgment. And there's another book that will be opened. And that book contains every sin 
and every blasphemous word that they've ever spoken. And they will be judged according to their works, not according to the righteousness of Christ. You have a choice this morning, how you want to be judged. Do you want to be judged again in Christ, or do you want to try to come into God's presence based upon your own merit and your own worth? What book do you want to have open? The book of life where your name will be found, or that book that contains your life story and every sin you ever committed, and that book is opened and you're judged for your sin? You have a choice this morning. Right? Here Daniel's told there's going to be a rescue for the Jewish people. There will be a resurrection, a resurrection of the righteous, but also a resurrection of the wicked. Now verse, four, uh, verse number three, look at this. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the stars above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There will be people who will have an everlasting reach. There'll be people who will minister. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. The last words Jesus spoke to the church, he said this, you go into all the world, teaching people to observe all that I've commanded you and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. You go show people what it looks like to follow me, he says. That's his last command. And here, Daniel says, there will be those who will shine like the stars of heaven who are serious about that work, who go out and make disciples. Do you want to shine like the stars of heaven in the eyes of God? You, you might believe today that those faithful times that you've been ministering to word, that person that keeps rejecting you over and over and over again, you might believe that no one's taking notice or that there is no fruit. But you know what? God is watching and he sees that faithfulness and he's watching that heart. And the scripture says one day, those who turn people from wickedness to righteousness will shine like the stars of heaven. You have the opportunity to do that. Verse four, but you, Daniel, you shut the words and seal this book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Has there ever been a time where we have had access to more knowledge than we do today? No, my wife and I, we moved in uh, 16 years ago into her grandparents' home. Her, her grandparents built the home in the 40s when they came over from Switzerland, right? We live in this really old home, and still, when you walk into our entryway, there's this big, huge, built-in cabinet. And at the very top, there's a set of encyclopedias. Do you know how often over the past 16 years I've used those encyclopedias? Never. Because I have an encyclopedia in my pocket. Knowledge shall increase. But even more specifically than that, knowledge of these prophecies will increase. We live during an age where men like Chuck Smith and Hal Lindsey and David Regan and David Hawking have been faithfully preaching prophecy. And we understand these things today like we never have before. In the last days, knowledge will increase. Men will run to and fro throughout the earth. Knowledge will increase. And so here we have all of these men, many of these men in their late 70s, in, into their 80s, few of them dead, right? And there really doesn't seem to be a generation that is coming behind them too much that is filling in their shoes. I hope the Lord raises those people up, but it doesn't look like. I believe we're at the end. Knowledge has increased. You have all of the tools. You have all of the knowledge you need to make an appropriate decision, to make an educated decision, and yet still many choose to disbelieve. Verse 5, Then I, Daniel, 
I looked and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, how long will it be till the end of these wonders? You remember in Daniel chapter 10, we saw this beautiful vision that Daniel receives, this vision of Jesus, the man clothed in linen, the man clothed in those priestly robes, those linen robes with which he would minister in the temple. Here he comes back at the end of all of this, he, he comes back, he's given this detail, all that's gonna happen throughout the, the ages in the nation of Israel. All of these kings, uh, the, the Seleucid dynasty and Antiochus Epiphanes and all of these things, the details about the Antichrist and what's gonna happen at the end. And then it comes back to focusing back on Jesus. He sees the man clothed in linen who was above the waters in the stream. And he asks them, how long will these things last? How long will this take? Verse seven, and I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward the heavens. He's gonna take an oath here. He swore to him by lives forever that it would be for time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. 1,260 days according to the Babylonian calendar. Right? That's how long this will last. You can see this time, it, it peaks its head up over and over again. Daniel chapter seven, you can read about this. You can read about this again in the book of Revelation. Three and a half years, something will happen halfway through that last seven years of, of human history after that peace treaty is signed, halfway through, Antichrist will demand to be worshiped and then these trials will come. Then this great tribulation will come. Then this period of time known as Jacob's trouble will come and the suffering that will happen during these days is incomprehensible. If you read the judgments that are poured out during the book of Revelation, from Revelation chapter six to Revelation 19, half of the world's population will die. If you, you use those numbers today, pre-rapture numbers, that's over 4 billion people are going to die. 4 billion people, just like that, right? This will occur, it'll take three and a half years, uh, Jesus tells Daniel, and uh, finish up the last of that verse, times, times, and half a time, and when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. I heard, this is Daniel speaking, I heard, but I did not understand. Sometimes it's all right to read your word and to not get it right, right away. He had this vision. He said, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And it's all right he didn't understand. Why didn't he understand? Because he only had half of the vision. He, he, remember, Daniel was told to seal the book until the end time. Why? Because John had this revelation from the Lord called the book of Revelation. And when you read these together, these stories, these visions make sense. Okay? Daniel says, I, I don't understand this. Then he said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? What's going to happen and the man replied, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the end of time. Daniel, you just go live your life. These things will happen, right? Look at this, our last portion here, verse 10. There's a blessing now that is declared over these people. And he says this, many things shall, or many, but many shall purify themselves and make themselves pure. Now we know that we can't purify ourselves, but when we come to the Lord, he makes us clean. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. David would write in the Psalms, Lord, wash me thoroughly of my iniquity, and then finally I can be clean. John says this, 1 John verse one, or chapter 1, verse 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, and to what? And to cleanse you. 
of all unrighteousness. He says this in this blessing, many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. I I want you to hear me out here just for a moment because the church has done a poor job of reaching the lost in today's culture. The enemy wants to divide. The enemy wants there to be two camps. And to some degree, there can't be fellowship between light and darkness, right? But here's the thing. When we engage in people in our culture who are lost, are we coming at it from that perspective that there are people who are wicked who are just not going to understand? Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this, Paul says this, even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ. Why won't they understand? Because the enemy has blinded their eyes. And what do we do? We beat them up and we call them fools, and we arrogantly engage in debate and argument when all the while we would do so much better if we went into the presence of the Lord and pleaded with God that God would deliver them from their blindness and remove the scales from their eyes. That's the only way. You will not win anyone to Christ. The Holy Spirit will bring them to the Lord, right? Amen, you can clap for that. But we have done such a terrible job and we take offense when they don't understand. And we engage in that argument. On social media, I see what you guys, I'm silent on those things for a reason. Why? Because I'm not going to convince anyone to see things my way in the flesh. The Lord has to impart that wisdom. Only God can do that. Do we have compassion on these lost people? So the wicked shall not understand. Their eyes have been blinded, but those who are wise will understand. Look at this, verse 11. And from that time, this is, again, a reference to that abomination of desolation, that halfway point through the, the, the uh, tribulation period, that last seven years. And at that time, the regular burnt offering is taken away. The abomination that makes desolate is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Now, I mentioned this before, that last portion. You can close your Bibles. I want you to kind of focus on me here for this last bit. That last portion, that last three and a half years, time, times, and half time, three and a half years, 1,260 days, right? 1,260 days until Jesus' feet touch the Mount of Olives. He consumes the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth. A sharp twigged sword comes out of his mouth with which he strikes down the nations. That'll take 1,260 days. Why does Daniel here, why is he told that blessed is the one that can make it to 1,290 days? Bible scholars believe this, and I'm presenting this. I can't be dogmatic, right? Because I but I'm presenting this as a possibility and what I believe, that's all I can say, this is what I believe will happen, that it will take 30 days after Jesus consumes those nations that have gathered in the Valley of Megiddo for the nations to be judged. And I want you to read this for a moment because those 30 days, there will be a great reaping that will happen. There will be a separation that takes place. And this is what is written of in Daniel, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 25. And I want you to just listen to this for a moment. Matthew chapter 25. 
that 30 days after the world is judged. Now there's gonna take 30 days for the separation to happen. Listen to what it says. When the son of man comes in his glory, his feet touch the Mount of Olives. The sword goes out of his mouth. The breath consumes the Antichrist. When the son of man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all of the nations. He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? When did we see you thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. But it doesn't end there. Then he will say to those on the left, remember there was a separation, the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then those will answer, those goats, those who are separated to eternal destruction and fire. They will answer saying to him, truly, or saying to them, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not minister to you? Then he will say to them, uh, saying this, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal fire. Jesus said there were many that will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Didn't we minister in your name? Didn't we do amazing? We taught Sunday school. We came and we helped at KWAM. We were part of a life group. We gave our tithes and our offerings. We did community outreaches from time to time. And you will say, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. Blessed is the one who makes it through those 30 days of judgment separating sheep and goats. See, there's a battle that is being waged today. And Satan and Jesus are playing for keeps. And they're warring over you. And there will be a separation in that final time, in that final, when all of, uh, all of history here as we know it is done and everything is renewed and, and everything starts over and there's a thousand year reign of Christ that will take place. Before all of that happens, there will be a separation. What did you do when I gave you the opportunity to minister? Did you really, truly worship me? Did you really, truly belong to me? There's a battle that is being waged. They're playing for keeps. And you're the prize. And the sheep on the right hand will be welcomed in the Father's presence, but the goats that are on the left, they will be cast into eternal destruction with Satan himself. When that separation, if that separation were to take place right now, whose bag of marbles would you end up in? Who would you belong to? 
Because you can leave here today with an assurance that if history were to end right now in this moment, that you would belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And all you have to do is muster up whatever faith you have within you and bring that into the presence of God and say, with this faith, it may not be much. It may not be as much as the person next to me or the person that invited me, but with what faith I have, I place my faith in the finished work of the cross. And in that moment, you are one for the Lord. He places you in his bag of marbles, never to come out again. But that choice is yours and yours alone. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977